0: And welcome to episode 264 of Retro Encounter, RPG fans' weekly podcast of many topics. I'm Mike Solosi, and we are the same group as two weeks ago, here to talk Final Fantasy X-2. Uh, so, part of e- Team EMP, alongside me, is Peter T.
1: Hi there, Peter Uh Back to talk about more of this Girls Gone Wild nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, last but not least...
0: Eva P. It's,
2: uh, girls Gone Wild. Uh, oh God, this will be this will be interesting. This will be fun.
0: Maybe I, I don't know. Maybe girls gone mad Irresponsible, but I'm I'm not sure we've quite hit gone wild territory. Because if anything, that I mean, I mean the men are equally guilty of of wardrobe malfunctions
1: in this game. I mean, it's yeah. It, I feel like brother. I feel like brother wears less clothes than Riku.
2: I mean, this is basically Paris and Nicole get jobs like. <laughs> more than that. <laughs> I mean, I made the I, I i made the comparison of brother
0: to that uh, Dan Aykroyd's SNL character in the previous episode, but at least Dan Aykroyd was more sensibly dressed.
1: Um, That's saying something. Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, so yeah, we're back for with FF10 2 uh, All three of us have beaten the game in the past couple of days, and i I wasn't really sure what to expect. I mean, I, I thought that the first couple chapters were. Sort of a flimsy main storyline with a lot of side content and, uh, and optional quests. And I feel basically the same now. Um, the, it, it, I, I think that, uh, my, my sort of instant reaction after beating the game was that, uh, somebody at Square Enix, some executive or some store or some writers wanted to make a sequel with Yuna wanted to incorporate a uh, like music videos with yuna sitting with I'm sorry with yuna singing and then after that a giant like like a, just a giant void of of nothing else and they sort of filled in the gaps with all of these mini games and side quests that i mostly uh, mostly did not love <laughs> but we can get into the specifics of that uh, uh, eva this is also your first time playing ff10 too. Um, what, what were your sort of, um, general feelings after beating the game recently?
2: Uh, (laughs) it was, it was a game. Um, I liked the, I liked chapters three through five a little bit more than I did chapters one and two. It's, (laughs) it's i i i don't I don't hold a lot of uh a lot of positive feelings about it. They tried to do some thematic stuff at the end um don't think it was entirely successful um and yeah I would love more Yuna content but this is not what I was looking for. <laughs> I, I think
0: this game does trade on FF10 nostalgia at least a little bit. I mean, you, you do explore or re-explore uh, a lot of places from FF10. So th- there's definitely some fun in seeing these characters again in those places again, but I, I mean, I feel it's almost wasted. It's like like uh, going into the comlands and Xanarkand and seeing them as tourist traps, but otherwise less being less interesting than they were in the previous game is disappointing to me.
2: I think what the, I think this and I think I may have or one of us may have brought this up in the previous episode, but like they could have done a more sort of Majora's Mask thing in terms of the reuse of assets under kind of a kind of a short period of time for development and made something strange and kind of, you know, that would become a cult classic and eventually a full classic in years to follow. Um, but they didn't. They didn't quite do anything interesting with these with these assets. I don't think um, it's yeah. But yeah. but more, I think maybe worse than that
0: is the new things that they do add. I just couldn't give a damn about any of them. Like I think I think Pain is actually pretty cool, and having yeah, her as sort yeah. of the, uh, the 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 straight man performer to the much more animated Riku and and more easygoing Yuna is is sort of funny. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and she has cool hair and cool, and cool costumes, but other, but, but like, I, I hate Nuge and Berelai, I hate LeBlanc, maybe most of all, uh,
1: yeah, Le, LeBlanc, the LeBlanc syndicate is like, they're terrible characters, they are it, it awful, is, it, it,
0: they're, they're just the worst, I, I, like, um. Let's go into the story a little bit. Well, actually, no. First, P- uh, Peter, I want to talk to you a little bit first. Uh, you yeah. have played this game before. You said you played this um, shortly after you played Ten for the first time, uh, more than yeah. fi- more than fifteen years ago. Uh, but so, how does your nostalgia for it from when you first played it reconcile with your more recent playthrough?
1: Okay, so I mean, the first time I played through Ten Two, like you said, was right after I beat Ten, and I think at that point I was pretty done with Spira. Like, I had, you know, I'd gone through the same zones and fought the same enemies, and I was kind of just trying to get through it, um, so by the time I hit the final boss, I was pretty severely under-leveled and was hitting a brick wall. I still beat it, but it was like touch-and-go, um, and then I was like, okay, well, that was fine, I guess, and then I didn't really think about it again. Um, playing it again now, I'm a little warmer towards it, just because I did make a bit more of an effort to stop and smell the roses, um... We have talked already about this game's problem with signposting and how easy it is to miss content. Even the content that the game has that I think is interesting, like the Crimson Spheres and all that stuff, um, is kind of buried beneath this. This It's just, it's just, it's just hard to find. Um, it's not clear what you need to do. But I did make a point of doing some more side content, making sure I was... I was actually severely over-leveled by the time I made it to Vegna VegNagun this time. I was in the 60s. Um, <laughs> yeah, I,
0: I was basically right at level 50. The uh, the um, enemies in the last area and the last couple box, bosses had me gain a couple levels, so I think I... yeah I think I finished at level 52 or something. But the... Uh, it, it, it's weird. We did talk about side signposting and the completion percentage thing at length in the previous episode, but it merits revisiting. Um, nowadays... Especially in, like, say, an open world action game, we're used to checklists. We can, uh, like, it, it's. Pro- um, I mean, I, I don't know every single game both of you have, you have played, but I'm imagining that it's normal for us to go to, like, go into a new area in a recent game, and there will be a checklist of activities or things signposted on a map, or to, at least direction over what activities are available and can be done. Yeah, and games. Uh,
1: Games nowadays are terrified you're gonna miss something. Mm-hmm. Like
0: <laughs> But and in, in, in older games, there was uh, you know, some games delighted in having secrets. And uh Eva, you were on um episodes about tactics over Let Us Cling Together with me, uh several months ago. And there are so many weird secrets in that game and esoteric means of unlocking and uh and and crazy stuff hidden behind curtains. And you could you could like practically Hear Matsuno clapping his hands with glee when people are asking how complicated it is to unlock Shaman in that game.
2: And it but, certainly is.
0: <laughs> yeah, but FF10 2 has this weird in between where they hold this completion percentage over your head. Everyone knows that completion percentage is important. They are uh, getting endgame scenes and. Uh, and, and uh and, and 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 like the final j- uh job in the job system and a lot of other things are locked behind completion percentage but then they don't give you a list or they give you a list with with several items on it being invisible and it's it's not communicated what adds to percentage and what doesn't yeah, and like so there's... it's it's in it's impossible to get everything uh in, in a blind play uh in a blind first playthrough i feel or like yeah, I- there, impossible you you, there you it is you need to follow a guide and most of the guides for this game that I saw are very of comp- conscious of completion percentage and guide the player intending for 100% completion.
1: Yeah, you can't even, um, uh, like, like, there's nothing to indicate that you need to go to, that, to go to the Den of Woes entrance in Chapter 1 before you've even had the cutscene that introduces it to get the first Crimson Sphere. There's nothing to indicate that you need to talk, you need to go back to Guadal Salon in Chapter 3 and talk to Macon in order to unlock the good ending. Like, there's not, there, although these things are not clearly indicated to the player, and while, to an extent, I do appreciate games that have secrets, and, and, um, and are willing to, like, maybe, maybe, and encourage people to find their mysteries, I think that can be interesting, but in this case, it really is, it's just frustrating, like, I feel, I feel like, I feel like there's no way I could have, I don't know how people figured this stuff out. I mean, you know?
0: (laughs) uh i would say that games like demon souls and dark souls are a sort of a new genre that evolved um, around 10 11 12 years ago and souls likes as a whole genre are about discovering secrets and uh, and yeah. and um and like discovering hidden lore and hidden things that are not clearly communicated and you know create a very high risk form of exploration within themselves and there is fun and and even a thrill in uh in uncovering secrets in games like these whether it's a Souls like oh, yeah. or an RPG but but Final Fantasy X two just Executes it so poorly. It it uh it has these secrets and makes the secrets important, but the secrets are all stupid. It's <laughs> did, you, did, I you, did you
1: did you press X in the middle of the cutscene in order to get Titus to whistle? You're you are not prompted in any way to do this, but you got to do it. Otherwise, no 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 good ending. For yeah, you. I, I mean,
0: I did it because you told me to, and I don't think I even got the good ending. But I don't no, really you... care about the good ending because this because this whole game's like concept of endings. I, I think that Final Fantasy Ten Two is uh, is d- definitely um, lacks the transparency of modern uh, game unlocking things, which is fine, but its opaqueness is just maddening, and I uh, yeah. I, I feel every bit as bad about it now as I did in the first episode.
1: Yeah, that's totally fair. I do think that the story of X-2, while it is still very flimsy and more just kind of an excuse to play in this sandbox, I do think it gets a little better in the later chapters. I think, like like Eva said, I was enjoying it more from chapter three onwards when there's actually, like, something resembling steaks. And I actually do legitimately find the, the, the shuyin lens stuff to be somewhat impactful and thematically resonant, even if Shuyin is about as interesting as Toast.
2: Yeah, yeah. He's a toast boy.
1: <laughs> is if there is there there you look you look up white bread in the book and there's a picture of Shibian and people look at him. And it's like is that is that that is that that Titas guy? Um, yeah, I,
0: I actually I actually got in trouble for saying white bread on the podcast once. Did I tell you that story.
1: I remember I was on yeah. that podcast, <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: Yeah, um, I, I, uh, I I compared the uh, one of a character in in Don Gunrampa to be to white bread, saying he was boring. But someone thought I was making a racism comment about how uh, someone's
1: whiteness made him boring, and th- that was not my intention. That, that, um, I think that review is still on iTunes, ladies and gentlemen. I, I think does it is. E- does. iTunes exist still? I don't even know. What is technology? It, it, <laughs> it, it, it might it
0: might be Apple Podcasts now. I'm not I'm not sure, but I I agree that the Shuyin lens stuff isn't terrible but i have i have seen 10 versions of that story before oh the there there were they were lovers from a previous age the uh, lingering hate or grudge of one of them is creating all kinds of problems and no oh, there's a world-ending super weapon sure it, it's uh, like, like <laughs> it's i have world. i have i have seen all of these things in other rpgs before and they tell us like so so little about len and Shuyen that they like I, I don't feel like I have any connection to any, either of them I think it's kind of cool that the dress fear you get at the very beginning beginning of the game has the memories of this uh singer from a thousand years ago in it and that sort of gets some of the conflict rolling for the rest of the game I think that's actually a neat concept but uh yeah. like like a callback from chapter say one to three to four to five that but like like I I didn't care about Shuyin and Lena by the end of the game i I I uh I, I thought it was a weird choice that Shuyin is possessing Berali, but I mean, how did Berali, Gipple, and Nuge even get there? Like, like, why did they disappear and suddenly become embroiled in the far plane? Uh, well, may-
1: did we, if, if, if you remembered to get all the stupid Crimson Spheres, maybe oh. we would have found out. Well, I, don't I know sure know. Didn't. this game sucks. This game sucks. Anyway. N- but... Nuge,
2: I, I think. I don't know who this Nuge is. Do you, do you mean Nuge Wooji?
0: Oh boy. Can
2: yeah, you, I, I, you... I I think uh, I I I don't remember if we mentioned this on air or not, but
0: before the podcast I, I mentioned I mean the of all the new characters in this game, I might like Leblanc and her two idiot boys the least. They, they it is um like having a recurring comic relief enemy fine, but when uh, I mean Leblanc is the both way. is is both like sexually gross and personality-wise gross and I just wish she wasn't in this in in any video game, it's uh.
1: yeah. She's like she is an incredibly cringe character. Both in that the game is itself is cringing at her, but it's also like really mean spirited about it. Like, ha ha, middle aged lady thinks she's hot and likes this guy. How hilarious, ha ha ha! Also, she's the most annoying person in the world, and her two sidekicks are even worse. Like, yeah, it's every scene they're in. I like I I just shut down inside. It's like mm. I don't hate the rapport between Nuj Baralai, and Gipple, even though we don't get very much of it in the, with it uh, in non side questy content. I think their shared history with Pain is a little is kind of interesting. And I do like the idea of Spira splitting up into multiple factions and that kind of being resolved. Um heck, I even like the I like the 1000 words scene. I love that song. I mean, but
0: but for the <laughs> for the entire country To splinter into factions and then uh, and then come back together because of a concert and then the three leaders of the factions ending up all being uh, best buds from their military days is it's a little
1: convenient. It's a little too it's a
0: little too convenient, but also um, just just seems to happen so quickly. And uh, like I I mean, uh, having you know people be so moved by song that they lay down their arms is uh, is extremely macross to me. but it's, It worked for Children of Men. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but like, I mean, it's... <laughs> or did it. I I, 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 But you can sort of tell, I'm, I'm, I alluded to this at the beginning, that the whole story is just to give Yuna two concert scenes and not two concert scenes as part of a story. <laughs> I, 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 I think, into, that, and, I think and they... And if <laughs> it,
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. They,
0: they, they wrote that song and planned that scene before writing anything about Nuj, Gippel, and Berlai. I, I truly believe oh. that.
1: Oh, I 100% believe that. I mean... And that that's one of the few parts of the game of this thing where the game actually has, like, an identity of its own that's, like, kind of like, okay, I see where you're going with this. And these stories mirror each other. It kind of connects to Yuna's own feelings that she's working through regarding Titus's departure. It's one of the reasons why I think the normal ending where she just says goodbye to him is better than the ending where he comes back to life. Because it's like, oh, hey, look, there's something almost resembling a theme of moving on.
2: <laughs>
1: and... And if you have
2: that good ending, I think... And I think this is, like, the worst sin of a sequel because, um, you know, with some games, they can... You know, they exist on their own, then they have a sequel. Maybe the sequel's not that great, but it doesn't diminish the original game. But with that good ending... I think it actually diminishes Final Fantasy X a little bit because you like because yeah. that whole game revolves around sacrifice, and I think despite you know despite the the voice acting weirdness that they had to do for that, like I think it's communicated rather effectively. Like I, when towards the end, you know, at the end of Final Fantasy X, I was like, there was sacrifice made in this game, and it's sad, and I am. And I feel for these characters right now. But if you kind of go back on that and retcon it a bit, um, it's not as impactful and it kind of destroys your main theme of your previous game, um, which is really insulting in some ways.
1: No, yeah, I, I agree. And it also, in um, you know, a weird way I tend to almost seems to be rebuffing that theme. Um, Yuna gets this big speech before the final boss, like New, just about ready to blow himself up. Which I mean, okay, a little extreme, but it also is a sensible plan if you're dealing with an unsent. But um, but then um, she's like, no, I don't want to do sacrifice anymore. that's sucks. She literally says, "That sucks." Yeah, and
0: it, <laughs> she is... she even says, "I think it's a little bit before that scene." But she uh, I think she's speaking to Riku in pain, and says, "I'm gonna defeat this shadow with light," and that made me think, wait a second, that sounds familiar. So this is why Peter I... loves this game. <laughs>
1: Did... Oh oh I was good. I thought you were making a devil may cry joke there. Oh no. Well
0: I, I she, could easily she make She wants it.
1: to fill your dark soul with light.
0: I mean y- y- yes, but also kingdom hearts is light. I I, I yeah, think yeah, I think yeah. you, I think you either joke works in this scenario. But yeah, like, yeah, I, yes. I, I, again it, it just it's the most rote version of a uh, love conquers all like a uh, denu to a story that with a bunch of characters I I I don't care about that uh, I mean, I had difficulty connecting here. I I think the, um, part of the game that I felt closest to or liked the most was the dress spheres, which is maybe why my favorite plot point in the whole Shuyin, uh, Len storyline is, oh, Len's soul was inside that dress sphere, and that's why, uh, there was that confusing dream of Yuna, uh, of, of Yuna, like, seeing scenes of Len and Shuyin as her and Tetis because the dress sphere puts herself into Len- is giving her Lens memories. Shuyin resembles Tetis. It, it it that all that all tracks. And then a real awkward, creepy, near kiss with her and Barreleye, with Shuyin possessing Barreli and Len <laughs> inhabit- inhabiting Yuna. Um that like it's it, it, uh, that's, 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 that's a little gross. But the uh the, the the new characters and story in this game I don't feel were enough to hold the plot together so they filled it up with side quests and optional content but it's a lot of not great side quests and optional content but yeah. we, we should at least discuss it a little bit do we um do either of you have a favorite mini game or side quest that uh that y- you know like maybe you spent a little more time in than uh than you otherwise had to
1: mm, i thought the digging mini game was kind of it was, it was it was fine fine like it's a good way to get to get some items and um it's you know just 60 seconds you run out to these spots on the map press a button get an item try to make it back before the time limit runs out it's it's short it's sweet it's not particularly like annoying or timing based like a lot of the other minigames um, lightning towers cough um
0: i I, I, uh, uh, I didn't do any I new s- lightning tower stuff i, I still I, I s-
1: yeah, I started it but I didn't finish it. I was like, nope.
0: Yeah, I got um I I cleared 8 of them and then i fought i fought the bosses in chapter 5 that were surrounding them because i thought you had to do that to beat the game um in in chapter 5 they, they they give you a bunch of hot spots on the map and i thought it was like the previous i thought it was like chapters 1 through 3 where you had to clear all the hot spots to move on with the story but that's not the case at all this is this is just a completion thing but um eva was there a uh, a mid game or late game side quest that you uh, you sort of preferred
2: over the others uh no <laughs> <laughs> um no, not really. It was just kind of at at a certain point like, you know, and that certain point was when we recorded the first episode. I was like, okay, I think I've seen basically everything this game's trying to do and I'm just going to do what I have to to get through the game. Yeah. Um just to hit the credits for it. Um and that was uh so, <laughs>
1: yeah, I actually um, I, I the the um, there's a the tourism the tourism uh rescue mini game in the cavern of the stolen faith
0: where Yojimbo Jimbo is,
1: yeah, where Yojimbo Jimbo is. That's actually not bad. Um, so because you know how it actually does tie into the we turned the lands into a tourist attraction story. A bunch of people went like spelunking in the cavern of the stolen faith. And now there are fiends in there. And Dark Yojimbo, because Shuyin woke up all the Aeons. So you have to go in. And it's this minigame where you have to go in. And it's kind of like... um, Uh... It's kind of it's, it's like it, it, it's kind of a
0: logic puzzle where
1: uh, yeah, they basically yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the
0: order that you rescue people in uh, matters because people prefer different uh, being first in line versus last in line or how or how yeah. large the crowd is. So the, there is a there's a way to rescue everyone in uh, one in I think like I think like the first like twelve in one step and then the last couple in a, in a second step is the most efficient way. But there's a uh, Basically, rescuing people in a certain order will get you um will let you clear the quest yeah. more efficiently. But and and that's not that's not a bad conceit for a dungeon. But
1: it's not. Um, and it's also a good place to level up. And if you didn't outright buy the Bissade emblem, um, for the to open the rest of Waka's little cave. Oh yeah, because it's like it's um, like
0: it's like ninety thousand gil or something, right?
1: Yeah, which you can theoretically save up for in chapter one. But why the fuck would you do that? The fuck? And it's, and. <laughs>
2: Bring up um dark yojimbo um the dark aeons in this game um also disappointing because you know in the original final fantasy 10 you come across uh, a dark aeon and you're like like when i was playing final fantasy 10 i stumbled across one of them i can't remember which one it was and I was like, for me, oh. it was it was
0: for me, it was Dark Vaelor trying yeah. to return to Besaid. Yep, exactly yeah. the, to do something.
2: Yep, mm-hmm. that's exactly the one. Um, and I was like, oh, I am in over my head. <laughs> this is a this is yeah. a bad right here. Um, and I will get yeah. my stuff rocked if I try to mess with Dark Vaelor. <laughs> um, the Dark Anns that you come across in this game as just part of the main story, um, were
1: pushovers. Like I, they I know are no trouble. so lame. I had no trouble. They are
0: they are normal bosses on the easy side, right?
1: Yeah, like I, I just, A, um, Anima did her like big scary. I literally pull you into hell attack, and it did like sixteen damage.
2: Right? Like it was, it wasn't even like, threatening.
1: Like it's like woof. Um, the Dark Aeons, Okay, this is this is going back to ten real quick. But the Dark Aeons were actually an international edition. Um, Correct. They aren't, in the, they, the aren't, they
0: aren't in the original PS2 version, yeah. um, but so all, the, in, in all the remakes, they're there.
1: So the origin, in the original 10, you could go back to Besaid, get Val for a second overdrive, no problem. And that's, that is That is a mean trick. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the Dark Aeons in, in 10-2 are just plot devices. They make you go back to all the temples and fight them. And then later you can choose which hole to jump into... To go to the final dungeon, which apparently if you jump into all the holes, like you leave and then go back in, you eventually, you get a garment grid for doing that. And I don't know who <laughs> thought that was a good idea.
0: <laughs> I was curious if there was a difference between uh, jumping in uh, Bisaid versus Kilika or something. But I think uh, it, I th- think it technically
1: changes the starting path of the dungeon. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, yeah, that makes sense.
0: Because yeah. you are sort of descending towards a center via like uh, via like stepping stones. So that makes sense if you just like go down a different part of the circle. But uh, – I, I, and uh, and you fight a couple of the Dark Aeons in that final sort of path to the core setup of a dungeon, um, in, including Anima. But the uh, – for, for me, um, my, my favorite part of this game was the job system and uh, the most fun I had – was experimenting with the job system, so maybe by extension, my favorite part, my favorite optional quest in this game was the creature arena. Uh, because, no. like, that was a pretty good way of leveling up. They set up an, an, some normal, like, sensible arena challenges to unlock more arenas. Eventually, they get very, they get very hard, and you have to, have a, a really devastating setup, or uh, be very over, or le- be at a certain level benchmark to handle them at all. Uh, the dark eons aren't intimidating in this game, but mega tonberries sure are. Let me tell you.
1: Ooh.
0: Yeah, the tonberries in the in the creature arena will one shot you if you're not prepared for them, which happened to me. But in the creature arena, you don't get a game over; it just sends you back to the menu. So that's a a, a real fun way to level up and get some decent equipment. And, that is uh, nice. That it, is nice. And then by the end of the game, I had sort of picked. Like, I, I think I, uh, I had Pain max out Warrior, Yuna max out White Mage, Riku max out Black Mage, and then equip grids or accessories to use those skills in other, in other jobs. And at the end of the game, I was switching between, depending on the character, uh, Gun Mage, Psychic, uh, Alchemist as supports, and Samurai Berserker, Dark Knight as sort of point attackers. And just, and mm-hmm. sort of just rolled with those six jobs the whole game. And I know that Mascot's the best job, but it's hard to unlock. And Lady Luck can be very powerful if you invest in it and, uh, and use the slots right. But like having a pretty good job system where I was able to pick out a couple favorites was really satisfying for me. And I, I was having more fun doing regular fighting and leveling up and tinkering with jobs than any side quest or may- part of the main quest, <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> which yeah, is I a mean, little yeah. sad.
1: <laughs> I agree. I mean, that was, yeah, I was getting into the zone doing that, too. Like, it's just, that's just part of the fun, where it's just like, this is just a chill RPG, level up your jobs. Um,
2: yeah, I, I found that to be the most enjoyable, too. But, like you know, what can we say? We're like JRPG grinding piggies. <laughs> we... Yeah, no, yeah, yeah no. Right? We, so so like, like... All, like,
0: all through, I mean, we work for RPG Fan, yeah. and all love RPG grinding, at least to a degree. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so, like, so, just... like...
1: I will run on that treadmill for one drop of dopamine <laughs> yeah the, but
0: <laughs> i mean the the r p g part of this r p g is sometimes fun, but i, I think that it is just structurally and content wise just such empty calories uh, like like I, y- I, y- maybe you'll enjoy a few bites of it, but you'll have regrets afterwards this is uh, yeah, and um, i am-
1: Once I maxed out Dark Knight on everybody, and I had Yuna maxed out as a White Mage. I mean, that was it. Like the Dark Knight job is so. I I I, I maxed out Warrior for Pain as well, but it's like, like I once you unlock Dark Knight, like the other jobs are all like, wow, this is actually this is kind of interesting. But Darkness, (laughs) because if you spam Darkness, it is an AOE that hits everything for non-elemental damage. And you can just keep doing that. <laughs>
0: so, and even enemies like there's a couple enemies in the final dungeon that are immune to physical damage, and uh, but darkness will still work on them.
1: So literally, you're literally my whole battle strategy just became darkness, darkness, Kiraga, darkness, darkness, Kiraga. But darkness, and darkness, and Kuraga. even
0: better than that, the, um, because the Dark Knight has some black magic spells, it actually has pretty high MP. So if you throw yeah. black magic or white magic onto a Dark Knight. Uh, it's it, it, it it's it's way better than throwing that spell onto say a berserker and in the dark knight's yeah. a little a little slow but otherwise doesn't really have any weaknesses um i uh i love the samurai attacks uh sparkler and fireworks i think they deal like 7 times regular attack damage uh so mm-hmm. nat- naturally what i did was i leveled up uh pain to Learn a couple samurai skills and then had her as a Dark Knight the rest of the game. Um, uh, the, the only other class that I think is nearly as powerful as Dark Knight is Psychic because you can become liter- um, immune to, I think, seven of the eight types of damage just, just naturally if you level up mm-hmm. Psychic enough. And, 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 yeah, and, it's, psych- yeah. and it already has above average stats. But like, but the, uh, the, this is just a, uh, a, a fun class system to play around in that's a that 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 is a little bit easy to break but that's uh, i mean that, that's uh this is a single player game we're not trying to balance this for evo 2021 or anything
1: competitive competitive final fantasy 10 2 it's just every, we're just playing sphere break That's sphere just, break oh that's boy that's just a good I, version I, of cecidia i
2: i figured okay. out that the way
0: it's to just win that's a good
1: e- version of Dissidia.
0: <laughs> no it, this isn't a good version of anything um <laughs> But, but the, uh, sphere break, it's it's, it's like once you learn how to, how to count to, um, three or four and, and just keep using the echo over and over, you can win any game of of sphere break a little mindlessly, but so, so, but so I got it to unlock the, uh, lady luck job and then just never played it again.
1: (laughs) Right. I, um, I did wind up doing the Cactuar quest, um, not because, which is, it, honestly, it's a really obnoxious quest because you have to keep going back to the starting area to get the next one to spawn. Um, figure, out its, figure out the riddle of where it is. I just used a guide because I don't have time for that. Um, play a minigame with it, which you do not have to win, which is good because the minigame is obnoxious, this obnoxious, timing-based mess um, but at the end of it all, you do get some pretty sweet rewards and, um, one of the game's super bosses, um, Angra Manu, who is harder than Vegnagun, I'll say that. It's not the hardest boss in the game. That's, um, I think its name is Major Numerous and Trama are the two, like, super, super bosses in the big optional dungeon. But, um, Angra Manu is, a, is, a, is an okay fight. It's just a big, tough fiend with, um two little appendages it can revive, um, and it gives you a ribbon when you beat it. It also has the funniest um, Final Fantasy wiki description because I was looking up tips on it, and the the first paragraph is like, this is one of the few creatures in Final Fantasy X-2 that is not a palette swap of a Final Fantasy X enemy. <laughs> and I just died. Because <laughs> like, yeah, um, Ang- Ang- Anger
0: Menu is a... Uh, I mean, I mean, th- th- that's the classic eyeball Aribon boss, right?
1: Uh, I, th- I think it, it, it's not, that's not what it looks like in this. In this, right. it looks like it, in this, it looks like your shift, the Celsius, but with like skulls all over it. Um, it is still a cool fight, but yeah, no, I, I think Ariman I think it's from the same mythology that Ariman comes from. Yeah, well, Ar- so Ar- no,
0: yeah. Ari Man is a, is a sort of a, uh, a, a devil figure in Zoroastrianism. And, uh, but, but then the, the sort of Final Fantasy eyeball with bat wings, uh, version of Ariman was one of the final five bo- one of the final bosses before Cloud of Darkness in Final Fantasy III. and I thought Angramanyu yeah I thought Angramanyu was a version of Ariman or a palette swap of Ariman uh because Angramanyu in Final Fantasy XIV is exactly one of those it's a it's a it's a raid boss in the Crystal Tower set
1: I hated that boss. Yeah, it's it's, it's uh, a <laughs> y-
0: you should watch a video of that one before doing it. It's a, it's a little I, it's, it's it's a complicated one. But the Yeah. But uh so uh, so yeah, th- that made me slightly more interested in the Final Fantasy 102 post game, but then I remembered everything else I went through and I'm not interested anymore.
1: Yeah, I mean it's not like I would I say it's worth going out of your way to do it, not really, but I wanted to be leveled up enough for the final boss. I wanted the ribbon without like calibrating lightning towers. Um, there is another one in the Bevel Underground, which you can, you you have to you have to solve that puzzle in with the rotating um, towers. Up the towers, yeah. yeah that, it, and get it, all the you way have to down. fight
0: like eight bosses in a row to get the rib- ribbon at the bottom of the well.
1: Yeah, right. And you've got to do it a, a certain amount of time so the platforms um, are in the right spot. And also, don't accidentally reset it like I did because then you have to do it all over again. <clears throat> but um great um, but but you know but status elements in rpgs are like the bane of my existence so i was like ribbon ribbon good i want ribbon yeah, this so game I has got...
0: a, this game has a lot of status elements in it and uh and sometimes <laughs> if you run into a boss that can petrify or stop you you're you're cooked and uh but uh but fortunately i don't think any of the um main bosses in the story Leaned hard into status ailments because that that, that could have tripped me up, but uh, but didn't because I did I didn't have a lot of status protection equipped, but mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of status ailments. Um, uh, the, the Marlboro, point, point, but, yeah, the the <laughs> bad breath can put like you know nine icons next to you if it lands.
2: Any in any in any Final Fantasy game, Marlboros are just the bane of my existence like they were the bane of it in final fantasy 10 in the um like in the final dungeon before you um, that's right yeah yeah. i remember i remember Uh dealing with them they're so rough (laughs) because yeah like oh yeah they're really rough and basically i'm just i'm just scarred now so whenever i see a marlboro in any final fantasy game i'm like Please stay away from me. <laughs> I, I don't want to do. This. It
1: showed up in. It showed up in the sixteen trailer. Just like not again. No. Yeah, yes. No. Oh my god! I saw that and I like.
2: I, I shuddered a little bit. I was like, "Oh, I don't know about this, guys." Oh, uh,
0: <laughs> another bullet point on why Dark Knight is the best class in the game. They have. Uh. They they can equip skills to be immune to stone curse and death and, and instant death.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah, that does make them a lot easier, mm. and since they're um. Their main attack, again, darkness, Um, they don't need to, it's not a physical attack, it's not really a magic attack, so silence and blind don't affect it. Mm -hmm. Um, So part of the strategy for Angra is having one of the ribbons on your healer, and then just having the other two dark knights be up and just don't bother healing them because they'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that's it that's the strategy you just stay alive spam darkness I
0: mean i I mentioned the six jobs that I like to use in this game I had each character sort of main three or four of those jobs plus the plus uh you know Yuna had white mage Riku black mage and pain warrior I would just have mm-hmm. them uh cycle through their uh their entire um sphere uh um, garment grid at the beginning to get whatever bonus was attached to the grid and like you know yeah. maybe cast haste on themselves or big guard with gun mage al- along the way so after you know a bunch of quick change artistry for about two minutes they all had buffs they all had boots they were in their ideal class and they just annihilated every boss battle it was it, it, it mm-hmm. was fun to a degree but a little bit um you know uh, <laughs> like the, the idea of taking all of this weirdness from uh from from this job system that was fun to tank around in into an endgame challenge, either with the end game boss like Angra Manu or the highest levels of the creature creator Coliseum, like like that's fun, but so much of the rest of this game isn't fun that I'm not interested in revisiting it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I yeah,
2: yeah, I I only basically means yeah, Yuna. I had her. The only jobs I really did for Yuna were Songstress, um. Festivalist and white mage for riku i did festivalist and black mage and for uh pain i had warrior yeah, at, at and the samurai. end of the game i, I kind of had of like yuna as
0: a gun mage so, and dark knight uh mostly it's a fun one yeah um, riku as an alchemist or if i wanted to her- make her a full attacker uh a-, a berserker actually and then um and then pain switched between mostly dark knight and samurai but, uh, you know, they actually made Berserkers pretty fun in this game. The, uh, <laughs> the, oh, 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 and, and all three women I had as the psychic class because just, if I didn't know what to level them up in, I just made them psychic for a while because it's powerful and requires a million AP to max. And, uh, and the,
1: the costumes are cool. And the costumes I are love, cool, yeah. I love you. I love, love Eunice's psychic design.
0: And, and you know they, they did put some effort effort into these costumes because they are uh, outlandish and and sometimes interesting. And I think almost every character has a unique victory animation in every job. So yeah, uh, unique, un, unique animation and unique quote. Yeah. So we're talking um, sixty to seventy unique animations, and uh, with some of them getting pretty crazy. Like like they all have. Breakdance moves into like a kitty cat pose for their for their berserker um, wins, and it's it's like and it's like we we almost made a joke about this game doing some copy paste work from FF10, even though we know the work is more complicated than that. But there was a lot of uh, a lot of character modeling and animating that went into this game. But mm-hmm. but and I think this is a problem with both FF10 and 10 too. Uh, characters over animate a lot, like they have giant herky jerky exaggerated movements even in regular conversations. Uh, yeah like you can find videos of people um just mimicking the facial movements of uh, or the body movement of Yuna and Titus in a normal conversation in ten and they look like crazy people.
1: Yeah, I, I, Praz did that, I'm pretty sure, I, I, as a voice actor.
0: And, and I think it's because this is these were early PS2 games where, you know, the Japanese developers were still of the philosophy of early 3D. We have to have big movements to, like, for characters to, to stand out more. And maybe they were even taking uh, pieces from, you know kabuki theater or something where there's a lot of very mm. very big movement broad movement um like associated with certain emo- emotions or certain lines that but it just looks in 2020 where we're used to some pretty sophisticated 3d uh 3d character modeling and uh a lot of sort of nuanced expression in video games now like <laughs> going back <laughs> to ff102's ff two's giant mo- movements is a little jarring <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. oh man. It's
2: the giant movements and the dead eyes like that really get me. <laughs> where it's cuz it, it feels like it feels like an extension of like the SNES games where you know you'd have them there was a very limited range of what they could showcase in terms of emotion. Um so mm-hmm. they had to exaggerate it to the best of their ability with these, you know, little pixels. Um and it just kind of feels like they like blew that up <laughs> for the PS2 era, but they didn't fix the eyes. And so the eyes are just like, the movements could be as big and flamboyant as you want. Monkey. And then the eyes are just it's, it's like, like, God, I am so it, dead. It, it, it. I, I mean, it's a little bit, uh, uh oh, a God. little bit,
0: um, uh, what, what what's the term I'm trying to think of? Uh, um, uh, Uncanny Valley. Where the, yeah. the, you have these characters with with like hollow dolls faces, but otherwise yeah. movements that are clearly the animators trying to make them lifelike, and it's a it's a little unsettling uh, at times. But but the, but the production of the of the pre rendered cutscenes is pretty great. Like uh, the uh, I think that the um, both of the concert scenes are gorgeous to behold.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Square is still really good at CG, and also. Um... I think the quality of the HD remaster is really good as well. Um, uh, it is a little... They got new character models for most of the main cast, just like they did with Ten. Um, they are very particular about when they use those new models. There are times where you'll have, in the same scene, a character with its brand new, much more expressive model alongside a character who has their old dead fisheye model, and it's like... Like, sometimes, in, like, it literally at the very, one of the very opening cutscenes, you have Yuna's new model in a split screen with old Yuna, and it's like, so jarring. Um, but for the most part, it looks sharp, the new menus look sharp, um, I think um, by and large they really, they, they took effort to like, there was, there was a, this is a funny weird development story, but because they had to switch the game from, like, a four-three ratio to a widescreen ratio. They had to change how the game loads in assets because they would have situations where, like, a boss model was like just off-screen. <laughs> so if they just widened the aspect ratio, they would start loading in all these extra assets. <laughs> um, <laughs> so by and large, I think they did a really good job um, with this HD remaster, and it's probably the best-looking version of Ten or Ten Two that you can play today. Yeah, I did still have a weird audio desync glitch during the final cutscene, and I'm not sure what's up with that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm playing the PS3 version, which doesn't have uh, I, I, is maybe not quite as HD ready as the PS4 version, but it it, uh, it mostly looks fine. And I didn't, and I think I did see, run into desynced audio a couple times, but it wasn't it, it wasn't like chronic. Uh, and it, but what was um hmm. I'm, I'm trying to think of this, this total package here. Like, I, I think that I, I don't. I'm not sure. I can recommend FF10 too. It's a weird playground with some with too many rides that might give you splinters. Y- you know what I mean? Like, like, like FF10 is FF10. It's like, it
1: is. is a, it's <laughs> like the old rusty playground that might like give that. you tetanus. But it's the only. But if it's the only playground nearby, you're gonna send your kids to it. It's like those old,
0: cool wooden playgrounds that were built in the 80s and 90s, but they had to remove a bunch of them in the 2000s because they were they were falling apart and giving kids splinters. It's, it's, oh, yeah, like, yeah, it's, it's like a timber
1: town in Holland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like
0: um, FF10 is is that cool like tunnel going through the the middle of that wooden playground, and FF102 is the you know your memory of that playground. Uh, as you remove splinters from your fingernails.
1: <laughs> also, you're a twenty thirty year old man, and you should probably get out of the playground.
0: <laughs> I was uh, I was working a little too hard to make that analogy work. I have some regrets. <laughs> But the uh, no, but uh, um there are good parts to tend to um uh, we haven't really talked about the music a lot uh, those two pop songs are well produced and and fun yeah. and uh, and some lo- of the I
1: honestly love a thousand words that I think that song is really really good and um, <laughs>
0: um some and it has a lot of uh you know a, a lot of um a lot of funk a lot of uh, energetic pop in the uh in the even things like the menu music and the uh, and the walking around the airship music and some of the design choices they they. I mean, I think they're mostly a little too silly, but they, they made <laughs> uh, the Celsius is kind of a giant bo- Bosozoku bicycle. Like if you if you look at how the cockpit is set up, it's it has those giant handlebar handlebars that br- that brother wields, and it, and it, they, he revs it like a motorcycle. And uh, its two sort of forward wings are kind of like motorcycle wheels. I, I think they're making uh, it's a it's is, a Japanese biker gang joke. Uh, the way is it,
1: that what it's going for? Because I thought it was a lobster.
0: I, th- I I think it's, I think it's, they're making fun of giant Japanese bicycles, uh, m- motorcycles, but that's, uh, I, 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 could be off there, but th- th-
1: this. No, you could go, no, you're probably right. I'm just saying, I think it looks like a lobster.
0: <laughs> but it's, it's, I, I think the game is almost, is, is too silly to, for me to have as much fun as I wanted to have. But, uh, the parts I did enjoy, like the job system, like, I, I kind of want to see those in more Final Fantasy games, because it's like, it's like a step forward, two steps back, three steps sideways, and uh, I, 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 I well, didn't, I didn't hate this game, but I, maybe, this is probably my least favorite Retro Encounter game of 2020.
1: <laughs> I feel like, so th- this game's director, um, um, and also the director of 10 was Motomu Toriyama. Um who would later go on to write the third birthday, make of that what you will, and write, and he also directed and wrote all three Lightning Final Fantasy XIII games. Um, All of which are, you know, they're flawed games in their own right, and that's a topic for another day, but I do find it kind of interesting that the, the garment grid system almost feels like an early version of the Paradigm Shift system, in that you press... Um, the shoulder button to bring up your lift list of um, preset options, and then you switch to it in combat on the fly, which is something all three thirteen games have. And Lightning Returns even brings back combat, um, not not just uh, costumes like costume changes. They have they they call them something else. I can't remember. It's been a long time. Um, but that game almost felt to me more like what Tend2 wanted to be, if that makes sense. It's um. A pseudo open world game with literally, actually, Eva, a Majora's Mask style time limit, um, and and um, and the game, and you have you have you have that time limit. Um, you have to manage your time wisely because you can only get side quests done on certain days. Um, unlike Majora's Mask, it doesn't loop. Um, yeah,
0: it, it's there. There are there is so much missable content in Ten Two, while Majora's Mask it's a cycle you're doing over and over so you can do some some quests some days and avoid up ones other days and repeat the loop as many times as you want until you until you get the accomplish yeah. the goals you want
1: yeah and while lightning returns doesn't have that it does have a secret 14th day you can unlock if you manage your time really well i feel like Ten Two is kind of like it's trying to go for this more open world um completion percentage-based thing, but it doesn't really quite know what to do with that. It doesn't clearly communicate what you need to do to get there. You sort of just have to f- figure it out. And they, they want you to play it again to get those missing things. The problem is, again, I mean, I don't think it's compelling enough to play it again right away, if ever. I I, I, I 10, 10 is one of my favorite RPGs of all time. 10 is okay. With this...
2: With this game, when I'm when I'm playing a video game, the thing that I look for most is generally like what grabs me thematically, and that can and I've brought this up numerous times, and that can be the writing, that can be the mechanics, characters, etc. Um, but I usually want it to be some sort of unified whole, um, and I think the biggest problem with Final Fantasy X two is that there are some good ideas, interesting choices that are made, um, but it never supports other choices that are made in this game. And I think that's a really egregious mistake. You know, if you're kind of having a main theme of the game being Yuna creating um, a path for herself and, you know, she becomes a songstress or whatever, then why does she have all these other jobs that she, um, that she can take on? And that it might be, like, better suited for a situation rather than actually being what she wants to do. Like, I don't see Yuna being a berserker. That doesn't really make sense to me. And I don't see Pain being a white mage. And I don't see Riku being a black mage. But I still used her in that role because it was useful for the bosses. And so it kind of felt like it was betraying that. And then just some of the weird... Mechanics like the piano that we didn't bring up at the end of the game. What the heck?
1: Why <laughs> we, was there? Can we, Why can we talk about how Vegna Gun is entirely operated by keyboard? Like, I,
2: yeah, it's
0: it's a church, it's operated by church yeah, what, organ. What
1: he, is he just a prog rock song? So, I mean, I, I'll admit, uh, Bevel that is a uh, or that is a great way to um up the security of your doomsday weapon. Whoever plays it has to be like. Fluent in freaking Mozart, but <laughs> but oh my god, it's not enough that Dragon looks like a gigantic beetleborg with a huge cannon sticking out of its face. Like it also has to be operated by musical instrument. It's, yeah, that's so random. Yeah,
0: I, I, I thought may I thought maybe it was a cicada motif because cicadas are so noisy. um, and 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 like and could, are sometimes compared to musical instruments or a chorus, but it was it was just a, 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 it was just a weird design in general, and I didn't understand why a bug has like a has has like a horned demon face. Um, yeah, like it's supposed to be a
1: beat. Is it supposed to be a beetle? It has like these wings like sticking out of its back, like made of darkness. That I admit, it, I do think the final boss sequence is like visually interesting in that like it's got a lot of moving parts going on in the background. You know, there's probably some clever ps2 era trickery going on um but yeah the design of the thing is trying so so hard to be scary yeah i i i i I, I
0: do think it's it's a it's supposed to be a cicada motif i'm not sure if that's um, right or not
1: but i don't think it looks great no it doesn't when its mouth opens up and it's just like big gun (laughs) i'm just like okay (laughs) we're doing this now yeah but it has Um, like
0: but they just they just again this is just the kitchen sink of a game they threw so many things into the pot but it doesn't all work. Uh, it, it has a demon face and a dragon tail and insect legs and m- maybe insect little and,
1: insect legs, yeah, and, and
0: maybe insect wings. It's just it's so strange. But um they, and- they uh, I, I, I believe that the kernel of the idea with FF102 was sequel, starring Yuna, um, girl power, and uh, definitely some uh, some music video Yuna performances. But just like mm-hmm. filling the gaps around that uh, was you know, such a mixed bag. Great combat, great yeah. job system, pretty good music, just some terrible new characters, some uh uninteresting mini games and this completion percentage gimmick that I, I have been yeah. a broken record on, but I hate it so much. And uh yeah. a- and every guide I checked when I wanted to figure something out in this game, uh had it in, in the context of completion percentage, which just I found so annoying. And uh again, yeah. again FF102, I don't think it's a bad video game, but I think it is just an empty calories RPG that I never want to touch again.
1: Yeah, it is. like I agree with you and I agree with you Eva. Like thematically this game, like there are kernels of ideas here and there that it does not capitalize on. Um like the idea of Yuna becoming her own person, choosing a career path in life. Like there's there's something there like of like um and 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 I think and the whole but the whole concept of the songstress dress sphere and like her doing performances is only touched on like once or twice. It doesn't really play a role in the story. It doesn't like the sphere hunter thing doesn't really play a role in her no, story. No no the sphere hunter
0: the sphere hunter uh angle is just to get you spheres, and the dress sphere thing is only to have Yuna come into contact with Len, do the concert in chapter four and then the uh, and then like sort of Len and uh, yeah. Chuyan reuniting at the very end. Those those are the those, that's the yeah. only time it ever fi- figures into the story.
1: Yeah, and bringing and bringing Titus back if you do all that the stuff, which I agree is like kind of a thematic. Like it's a big one eighty from ten, and I just think it's really. I, I I think the end the normal ending where okay, he kind of hugs her and then she like accepts that it's time to move on is. And that if I mean we live in a universe where we can literally go to the beach and talk to ghosts, if you really want to talk to your dead boyfriend that much, there's ways you can do that, sweetie. Um, But literally bringing him back to life, having Bahamut literally just materialize and be like, sup, you want your boy toy back? Like, come on, no.
2: <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I, 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 wouldn't necessarily i also wouldn't necessarily say that this is a quote unquote bad game because there's nothing about it that like really makes like it's it's not, not broken like, it's not it's not broken, and there isn't anything that makes me like contrary to what I said last episode about like the designs that was more of a joke that like it made me viscerally angry, but there are some times where I've played things in games where it's been really upsetting. Like, you know, some of the things in Catherine, very upsetting. Uh, But, you know, there's nothing that's genuinely very, like, to my core upsetting about this experience, but I don't think it really succeeds on the things that I was trying to do. If this was basically just, like, Destiny's Child, the JRPG, and you just followed Yuna around to do these different concerts in pursuit of peace or something like that, and that was more of it, Oh my God! Would I be down for that? What, like, that? what if
1: what if that was the plot of Theater Rhythm?
0: Well, okay, th- that's, that's almost the plot of like Sakura Wars, or at least some of them. But what if the gull Wings oh, really? What if the Wings were traveling players instead of Sphere Hunters? And I'd be into that. And, and the game was a concert, a concert tour. But the, this old dressphere Yuna found. Sort of has the spirit of this person in it that sends them on a new quest. We we already just off the top of our heads, we came up with a more interesting story structure for this game. Like yeah, it, right. it, is, <laughs> it, it, like the sphere hunter stuff, and just and how empty it is. I find so frustrating.
2: Yeah, I guess I just have to play soccer wars then. Because that's that seems
1: to be what I'm looking for. Um, yeah, the I, new one. The new one has designs from Tite Kubo. Uh, t- t- oh, t-
0: yeah. it's it's Tite Kubo. I know, not- I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: I'm Tite Kubo. I'm Tite Kubo. i sorry. I was I was a I was I was a weeb in high school. I don't know how to pronounce any of this stuff.
0: But yeah, well, well, Tite Kubo is the author of the manga Bleach. He is doing a he was. Quiet for several years, but he did the character designs for the new Sakura Wars and is working on a new series called Burn the Witch. Um, Which is canon to Bleach? Yeah, weirdly, I'm, I'm not going to try to understand uh, advanced. It's, it's like the stuff. London
1: division of the Soul Society. I love it. I'm, I, I, I'm sorry, it's really cool. My yeah. mid 2000s Weebu is showing. I apologize, but <laughs> yeah, it's anyway. Soccer Wars is like the good version of Final Fantasy X. Too.
0: <laughs> well, I'm not sure if the new one's good, but the uh, um, the, I it, heard it, it was good. It, I heard it, it was a uh, it was five games for uh, from the, sort of in between the Saturn PS1 era to the. Uh, uh, to the ps2 era and the the fifth one did come out in english as a uh, as sakura wars so long my love um the the in japanese the series is called sakura taizen but yeah but, but that's about a a like uh, a group of tra- traveling players that fight mecha battles in in between songs um uh, they, 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 they d- already
1: already better mm,
0: they are they, and they uh they they definitely have their fans and one of the famous um uh <laughs> I say it to Sanshiro commercials in Japan was for a, was for I think Sakura Taisen 2. I'd have to I would have to check a list to um, confirm I think, that but. I, th-
1: I think I tr- I think I tricked my r- old roommate into buying um Sakura Wars 5 and he never forgave me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that was I, that ever, was a PS2 game. Was... I, I think it might have had a Wii port as well. I'd have it's, to yeah,
1: it had a Wii
2: port. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah I, I think I, I, I Wii
2: in the dorm room. Right,
0: I think I think yeah, I had that on PS2. Uh, S
2: Scott, uh, ask Scott, Scott from RPG fan about how he feels about Soccer Wars. So long, my love. Yeah,
0: I know. Um, I think, I think Nathan reviewed it for the site, and like Nathan and Mark liked it, but Scott didn't. I'm, uh, I'm I'm trying to. This is a fuzzy memory of something that happened months ago, which feels like twenty years ago. Um. Yeah.
2: Nathan, yeah. Yeah. Nathan and Mark liked it, but I remember a few <sighs> months ago. Scott was streaming Soccer Wars, so long, my love, and he was just dying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, oh, why am I doing this?
0: Right. So, okay, if we're talking about uh, the most recent Soccer Wars games uh, and tight Kubo character designs, I think we're near the end of the episode. <laughs> uh,
1: thank you so much. Oh, we don't, want to, we, don't, sorry, we don't want to talk about the weird roguelike that comes packaged with this game. None of us played it. Oh really yeah, the,
0: the, that that's a last mission. <laughs> None of us played it. None of us want to play it. If you want to play a roguelike, play Hades. End of discussion. Um, yeah
1: Hades is great
0: but speaking of Hades mm-hmm. Hades is developed by supergiant games and we are doing uh, a special supergiant games month in December uh three episodes one each dedicated to bastion transistor and pyre uh, coming in December uh, I love all three of those games to varying degrees for for different reasons and they're gonna it's gonna be really fun talking about them with uh, some retro encounter panelists uh, and but also in December we uh is the 25th anniversary of the tales of series so we're gonna have a special episode all about tales of of playing a real silly game, drafting a bunch of Tails characters in a uh, in a fantasy sports draft uh, to make five teams of Tails nonsense. It's going to be a weird, messy episode, but I'm looking forward to seeing how it turns out. Uh, oh yeah. So that is most of December for Retro Encounter. Uh, Retro Encounter is part of RPG Fans Podcast Network. Visit RPGFan.com for its message boards. We, it also has a Facebook page, an Instagram page, a Twitter page, a Discord server with Scott Hayton on Soccer Wars. Uh, Twitch streaming every day, also including Scott Hayton on Soccer Wars. Um, <laughs> And uh, RPG Fan also has three other podcasts, Random Encounter about randomness, Rhythm Encounter about RPG music, and Phoenix Edge, which is also a weekly podcast mostly focused on current events. You can review Retro Encounter or those other three on iTunes or Google Play or Spotify or however listening venue you use. Give us feedback. Uh, send some emails, all of those things. Uh, go on the Discord and try to convince Scott that Soccer Wars maybe isn't so bad. But... Uh, if listeners, if you want to reach us individually, let's tell them how to do so. Uh, starting with you,
2: Eva. So you can find me on RPG fans' social media, you know, general stuff on Twitter and Facebook, and you can find me on my personals on Instagram, Twitter, and Discord as at Eva Lease. and Peter.
1: Um, as always, you can find me on Twitter at I Have Fury. Um, you can find me, um, email me, Peter T at rpgfan.com And if I'm ever on discord, which is rarely, um, I am petries.
0: And as for me, uh, you can find me on Twitter at the real monsoon. Most of the time at evoke for dogs. Other times I am monsoon, Mike on RPG fans, discord where I mostly get sports mad and then po- post the podcast every week. Uh, I am most recently sports mad because I, uh, my beloved Baltimore Ravens are not doing as well this year as I hoped. um, Speaking of things not doing as well as I hoped, uh, I, I did not love Final Fantasy X-2. I hope I was not too much of a uh, of a negative Nelson on this episode. But the uh, l- let's just say I'm eager to move on to uh, Bastion, Transistor, and Pyre.
1: Yeah, uh, those games are actually good. Yeah.
0: I, I, I have, I've already finished two of them and had a great time. But uh, I hope you had a great time listening to us, listeners. Uh, thank you, good night, and good luck.